Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. If you would, please remain standing for those who are able for the reading of our scripture this morning. I'm going to be reading from Philippians 2, verses 1 through 13. Hear these words. If there is any encouragement in Christ any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Blair, for bringing up um, those facing a possible hurricane on the west coast. My family is in a dither. They are used to earthquakes, mudslides, and fires, but they are not used to hurricanes and they are scared to death. So um, they are uh, doing everything that they can to make sure that it's not a a disaster. So getting um, a year's worth of rain in one day could be a lot for these folks. So I appreciate you very much sharing that. For those of you who might be joining us here for the first time this morning, we are in our third week of a sermon series, Better Together, Building a Thriving Community. The series emphasizes that we are better together and that we are better together when we thrive in our relationships with one another. And so we're exploring the biblical principles and practical steps towards what it means to have and to build a thriving community. Made to Thrive has become our tagline for our strategic plan, which we have put in place for the next three to five years, and we're going to continue to unfold that for you in the days, weeks, and months ahead, because we believe that God has created this church to thrive 
that God has created each one of us to thrive in our own personal lives, in our faith, in our communities, and around the world. So the first week when we talked about this, we took a look at the early church and how they were made to thrive, and that was an outpouring of generous spirits. And the second week, we also talked about, that was last week, about servant leadership, that a thriving church has thriving leadership. And it's not just any kind of leadership, it's actually servant leadership. It is actually serving one another in the name of Christ. And today we continue that theme of what a thriving community looks like as we reflect on Paul's letter to the church at Philippi and consider and va the value of humility. Humility. It's tough, <laughs> this word humility. And for the Apostle Paul, humility has everything to do with unity. It has everything to do with having the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. You want to get that? <laughs> The church at Philippi was a feather in Paul's cap. It was a good church. He loved this church. I think that if Paul had had a church that he could call home, it would have been this church at Philippi. He wrote this letter to the church at Philippi when he was in Rome, when he was in chains, when he was in prison. But you would never get that sense when you're reading this letter because it is a beautiful letter of love and friendship. You can tell as you're reading the letter that Paul doesn't have any type of an attitude. He doesn't complain about his circumstances. He doesn't blame anyone for his circumstances. And he wants the church to know that despite his circumstances, despite their circumstances, he is happy. He is happy. And he wants them to be assured of the undiminished joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he wants to thank them for their support and more importantly, he wants to thank them for their friendship. It wasn't a perfect church. No church is perfect. But they had their share of problems. Outsiders were, were preaching a different gospel. There was a gospel of superiority, a hierarchy, if you will. Um, they were not teaching and preaching some that, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, which is what Paul taught and certainly what Jesus embodied. It's a letter of encouragement. It's meant to encourage the church. And Paul wants to encourage them and us to stay the course, to remain faithful, and remember why the church, why we are the church, and remember what defines who we are. And part of this remembering is the importance of humility. It's not a popular word, humility. It can, at times, be associated with weakness. Why didn't he speak up? That guy was raking him through the coals. He doesn't have a backbone. He should have said something. Why did he forgive her? I would have told her what I thought and walked her out the door and done more than that. She's so meek. She lets everyone tell her what to do. Martha's bossing her around again. And she doesn't do anything about it. Why does she let her talk to her that way? Why don't you say something? Well, I guess I could have. But did you know that her husband just lost his father? Oh. 
Humility is a virtue. It's about giving people the benefit of the doubt and thinking about their needs before our own. It's about taking the high road. It's often characterized by a modest and unpretentious attitude towards oneself and towards others. And I think it involves recognizing our own limitations and acknowledging that we're not perfect, that we all have our stuff. Rick Warren said that humility isn't denying our strengths, it's being honest about your weaknesses, and we all have our weaknesses. But humility is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. Because we recognize that we don't have all the answers, and we don't have to have all the answers, and humility reflects a balanced and accurate assessment of ourselves and recognizing that we need each other, and more importantly, we need God, that we can't do this thing, life, we call it, alone. Carl Jung told the story of a man who asked a rabbi why, in the time of the Bible, God would reveal himself to so many people, but recently no one ever sees him. Why is this? Why is it that no one ever sees God? And Carl Jung's response was, because nowadays, no one bows low enough. Humility is not something that is often valued. Self-promotion is the name of the game. It's everywhere. We see it. Even pastors do it. In fact, I'd make a claim and say that pastors are the worst. <laughs> I asked, uh, whenever I ask a pastor, how are you? Sometimes they'll say, we had 300 in worship. We had six professions of faith. We just started a capital campaign. Last Christmas, I went to a Christmas party with pastors. There was a pastor there who had recently, I knew that his mother was sick. And I asked him, I said, how are you? And his response to me was, we just started the best sermon series. I didn't ask how the church was. I asked, how are you? Sometimes we forget. We forget who we are. Paul wants the church to remember. He wants us to remember what Christ did for us. He wants us to remember that Jesus did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or something to be taken advantage of. Paul wants the church to remember that Jesus emptied himself of all pride, all boasting, all self-centeredness, and he became like a servant. Paul wants us to remember this, that Jesus humbled himself, being obedient to God, even though it took him to the cross. And sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget what Christ did for us. We don't mean to. It just happens. Life gets busy. Our calendars get full. And we get so busy crossing our T's and dotting our I's that we forget that Christ humbled himself and died on a cross for our pride, for our boasting, for our sins. Now, 
This is not, hear me when I say this, this is not meant to condemn us or to make us feel bad about ourselves, but instead to help us, to help us and encourage us to grow and to be strong in the ways that we need to grow and be strong, to remind us that Jesus is Lord of our life and let that claim be a part of our life. There is much that divides us, but a strength that we have is always focusing on what unites us. And what unites us is having one mind, one love, one acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life and of the church. So to regard others as better than ourselves, it's a lot to ask, isn't it? It's a lot to ask to remember that, to forget, we do. And sometimes we are asked to remember, but sometimes we forget. When I was in seminary, there was a, a friend of mine, and she was asked by a fellow seminarian who had a, a church. He was a student pastor, and she was invited to um, go and preach at his church. And so she said, sure, she hadn't preached but um, a couple times. She thought it would be a really great experience, and so she goes and she drives up about an hour into the North Georgia mountains. It's a fairly large church for her, and so she goes in there. Maybe it seats about 300, and so she's got her sermon. She's worked really hard on it, and she gets in there, and when she steps up to preach, <clears throat> there's six people sitting in the pews. That doesn't include the organist. So <laughs> she preaches her heart out. She finishes. And then she says to her friend who was there, the seminary student as well, who's a uh, uh, pastor, student pastor, she said, where is everybody? And he goes, well, I don't know, there were six people here. She goes, seven counting the organist. And he said, well, that's good. We usually have ten, so seven isn't bad. I wonder if they have forgotten who they are. This past week, I went to my Kiwanis group. We have a number of members here in our church who are part of the Kiwanis group. And uh, I'm glad that I went. It's, I'm trying to commit to getting back to Kiwanis because sometimes um, we get out of the habit. I think about church often. And I've committed to, um, I've committed to going twice a month. And it's really taken quite an effort. I've had to rearrange things and, and to go. But this past week, I was really glad that I went because there was a speaker there. And maybe some of you know this speaker because I know that he has um, done a lot of speaking around in our community. And it's Dr. Ken Harmon out of KSU. He is an accounting professor, but he also uh, goes around the world, actually, and teaches about happiness. He teaches about happiness and leadership and happiness. And so I was glad that I went because he started talking about happiness and that it's an exaggeration the way we consider happiness. That it's actually fleeting the way we've defined it. So that when you think about all the things and all the ways that you feel like you would find perfect happiness, it's usually things like this. Well, when I get that, that ideal job or I make that ideal salary or we buy that home or we go on that vacation, or oftentimes it's considering health concerns. If I just get to this point, I am going to be happy. And we all do it. 
And so what he said was, that's only 10% of our happiness. It's only 10%. And when we've achieved it, our, ha our expectations for happiness get even higher. But the 90%, he said, happiness is a choice. We choose happiness. And so he had two prescriptions for happiness. The first one was the three C's. Don't complain, don't complain, don't criticize, and don't condemn. It's from Dale Carnegie. And he said that when you get up in the morning, it's very simple. You get up in the morning, and if you say, for example, it's raining outside, and you say, oh, it's raining outside. I hate the rain. I got to drive in the rain. Oh, I don't want to go, uh, you know, return those emails. I don't want to go to those meetings. You've already set yourself up for unhappiness. And if you start to criticize others and condemn others, then you've automatically even the little bit, littlest bit of criticism impacts you and it causes you to have less happiness in your life. I like those three C's. One of them was complaining, and well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, the second one was this. What if instead, what if instead of complaining and criticizing and condemning, you woke up in the morning and you had a heart of gratitude? That was the second prescription, to say thank you. Not just inwardly, but to everybody that you met. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. Thank you for the flowers. Thank you. And you were just continually thanking people. You're at the grocery store and the clerk is smiling at you. You thank them. You're in a car and somebody lets you in. Thank you. Every opportunity that you have to say thank you is good for your soul. Two prescriptions. So I... Uh, thought, this is good. I went home that night, and I said to Ted, I go, this is what we're going to do. I said, we're going to do the two prescriptions for happiness. What do you think? And he goes, okay. <laughs> Not 24 hours later, I was talking about something, and he says, are you complaining And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> when we consider this word happiness, I can't help but wonder if it's also the same prescription for humility. That if we were to take these two prescriptions of do not criticize, do not complain, do not condemn, and to have a heart of gratitude, I wonder if that would help us in our humility. Aren't we as Christians supposed, supposed to be the example? Aren't we to be the Christian witness of what it means to love others and to see the glass as half full, to embody the joy of Christ? And if we're out there complaining and criticizing and condemning everybody that we come in contact with, there is no Christian witness there. Because sometimes we forget. We forget. Don't we? We forget who we, who we worship. We forget that Jesus is Lord of our life. There was a, on the news, I loved it, it was a young man, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to try to share it anyway. There was a young man, he must have been 12 years old, they were doing ding-dong ditch'em, I think it ended up on TikTok and social media, and he, his, he and his friends were out, 
and they were um, uh, ding-dong ditching, and there was one that had one of those cameras on it, and so he cleans it off, and instead of, you know, ringing the bell and running or whatever, he looks into the camera and he says, you matter. So no matter what anybody ever says about you, you matter. There, someone loves you. Don't ever forget that. And I loved that because I wonder if in our life, if we were to do that, if we were not to forget, and we were to let people know that they matter instead of criticizing, condemning, and complaining, I wonder if we could make a difference in this world. Maybe Paul is right that we need to remember what Christ did for us every day. And we get up in the morning and we say, thank you, Jesus. And today, you're going to be Lord of my life. May it be so. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.